The History of Golf in America in 1983 by Todd Santel. <sighs> Little Jeremy Robideau, 12 years old, an enthusiastic junior golfer who lives in Foley, Alabama, sort of near the Tanger Outlets shopping center, was given an assignment by his social studies teacher to write about the history of something he loved. Jeremy loved golf a lot. His mother didn't really play golf, she just took a lot of private golf lessons. The one-on-one kind. Just her and the club pro at the far, secluded end of the practice range, or inside the new training center. She also enjoyed getting massages at their country club quite a bit. Jeremy's uncles played golf, and even one of his sisters played golf until she broke both of her arms and her left foot a couple of weeks ago. Jeremy's dad used to play golf, but he quit because he travels a lot now. For reference material, Jeremy had only the G volume of his very own set of world books. Through his research, Jeremy discovered there was a colonial period of golf in America, but the encyclopedia didn't say a whole lot else about it. This really intrigued Jeremy, and wanting his report to be thorough, of course, Jeremy dialed up the head pro of the club where he played and where his parents were members, Pelican Landing Country Club. Jeremy's mother knew the pro's home phone number by heart, and she recited it to Jeremy in a sort of sultry, sing-songy voice. The head pro's name was Vern Johnson, and he was 29 years old and a really nice guy who had won a regional club professional event a few years ago in Pensacola by 14 shots. Amazingly, for a club professional, Vern was also fairly well known for having a good historical knowledge of the game. Jeremy's mother had urged him to see if Mr. Johnson knew anything about the colonial period, as this would be a good opportunity to impress his teacher, Mrs. Nix, by interviewing an authority figure. Jeremy's mother said that Mr. Johnson knew quite a bit about a lot of stuff. As a couple, Jeremy's parents were hugely involved in their son's academic and golf growth, although they would have been nonetheless pleased if he excelled at badminton. The phone rang a bunch of times before Vern finally picked up. He sounded a little out of breath, so Jeremy asked him right away about the colonial thing. Vern said, Oh, yeah, there was some chorus near Charleston, South Carolina, okay? Jeremy had his fresh legal pad already, and his pencil was sharp. When, exactly? Uh, late 1700s. Oh, Jesus. Good, good, Jeremy said as he scribbled furiously. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. Jeremy continued. Mr. Johnson, can you tell me anything more? I really do appreciate your time, sir. Uh, well, actually, in 1796, there were a couple of clubs down there, and one near Savannah, and then they just disappeared. The woman squeezed it tightly, and put her nose in Vern's left ear, and let out just a little breeze. She dug her long red fingernails in the thing ever so slightly. Vern liked that very much. Well, that's about all I know about the history of golf in America, Vern said quickly. Okay, Jeremy, good God, I'll call you back. What? Fire? Hurricane? Jeremy was ready to write again. He thought this was what a reporter must feel like. No, just disbandage. Social climate. Bad gnats. Goddamn fucking shit like that. Okay, is that goddamn fucking, you know, enough? Jesus. The woman mouthed, I'm leaving. She stopped her hand but held her grip. Jeremy ignored Mr. Johnson's profanity as he was used to him cursing like that at kids during junior clinics. That's exactly what I need, Mr. Johnson, Jeremy said brightly. Tell me some more, really, I appreciate it. But there was a long pause while Vern forced her hand back in action. She wouldn't do it at first. Vern helped her. Then Vern breathed heavily. 
No, Jeremy, I got a woman over here. We're doing something very important. Jeremy pressed the phone to his ear to see if he could determine what Mr. Johnson and the woman were doing that was so important. All of a sudden, the woman started going at it as if her hand were covered with killer bees. Oh, sweet Jesus! Mr. Johnson, Jeremy shouted, are you okay? I'm sitting here, Vern said slowly, getting, oh Jesus, my chicken spanked. Jeremy literally looked at the phone in his hand. Chicken spanked? What? Mr. Johnson's got a pet chicken? Jeremy was extremely confused. Jeremy's mother was in the kitchen cooking dinner. And right before she chopped the head off of a fish, she called out, How's it going in there, little golf history scholar? The moment Jeremy put the phone back to his ear, he heard Vern drop his phone. But Vern didn't turn his phone off before he dropped it. And just an instant later, and for a good five minutes or so, Jeremy had the distinct pleasure of listening to the sounds of Vern's chicken get spanked, and was also privileged enough to hear the type of conversation extremely particular to when a woman spanks a guy like Vern Johnson's chicken. And as intellectual and generally informed of modern times as Jeremy was, even at 12 years old, he truly felt at that moment in his existence on the earth that there was so very much left to do, and so very much left to learn.